Chapter thirty eight of the Queen's Necklace by Alexandre Dumas, translated by Henry L. Williams. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Monsieur de Crosny. Monsieur de Crosny had felt himself in no slight degree embarrassed since his interview with the King and Queen. It was no light matter to have the care of the interests of a crown and of the fame of a queen, and he feared that he was about to encounter all the weight of a woman's anger and a queen's indignation. He knew, however, that he had but done his duty, and he entered, therefore, tranquilly, with a smile on his face. "'Now, Monsieur de Crosny,' said the Queen, "'it is our turn for an explanation.' "'I am at Your Majesty's orders.' "'You ought to know the cause of all that has happened to me, sir.' Monsieur de Crosny looked round him, rather frightened. "'Never mind these ladies,' said the Queen. You know them both. You know every one. Nearly, said the magistrate, and I know the effects, but not the cause of what has happened to your majesty. Then I must enlighten you, although it is a disagreeable task. I might tell you in private, but my thoughts and words are always open as the day, as the world may know them. I attribute the attacks that have been made upon me to the misconduct of someone who resembles me and who goes everywhere and thus your agents have made these mistakes a resemblance cried monsieur de crosny too much occupied with the idea to observe the unquiet look which jean could not for a moment prevent appearing well sir do you think this impossible or do you prefer to think that i am deceiving you oh no madame but surely however strong a resemblance may be there must be some points of difference to prevent people being so deceived it seems not sir some are deceived oh and i remember said andrea when we lived at tavernay maison rouge we had a servant who very strongly resembled me most wonderfully your majesty and what became of her we did not then know the great generosity of your majesty's mind and my father feared that this resemblance might be disagreeable to you and when we were at trianon we kept her out of sight you see monsieur de crosny oh this interests you much madame afterwards dear andrea madame this girl who was of an ambitious disposition and troublesome temper, grew tired of this quiet life, and had doubtless made bad acquaintances. For one night when I went to bed, I was surprised not to see her. We sought her in vain. She had disappeared. Did she steal anything? Nothing, madame. You did not know all this, Monsieur de Crosny? No, madame. Thus, then, there is a woman whose resemblance to me is striking and you do not know her i fear your police is badly organized no madame a police magistrate is but a man and though the vulgar may rate his power as something almost superhuman your majesty is more reasonable still sir when a man has secured all possible powers for penetrating secrets when he pays agents and spies, 
and to such an extent as to know every movement I make, he might prevent this sort of thing. Madame, when your majesty passed the night out, I knew it. The day you went to see Madame at the Rue Saint-Claude, therefore my police is not bad. When you went to Monsieur Mesmer's, my agents saw you. When you went to the opera, the queen started. Pardon me, madame, if I saw you, but if your own brother-in-law mistook you, surely an agent at a crown a day may be pardoned for having done so. They thought they saw you and uh, reported accordingly. Therefore my police is not bad. They also knew this affair of the journalist, so well punished by Monsieur de Charny. Monsieur de Charny? cried the queen and Andrea in a breath. Yes, madame, his blows are yet fresh on the shoulders of the journalist. Monsieur de Charny committed himself with this fellow? I know it by my uh, calumniated police, madame, and also, which was more difficult, the duel which followed. A duel? Monsieur de Charny fought. With the journalist? asked Andrea. No, madame, the journalist was too well beaten to give Monsieur de Charny the sword thrust which made him faint here just now. Wounded, cried the queen. How and when he was here just now? Oh, said Andrea, I saw that he suffered. What do you say? cried the queen almost angrily. You saw that he suffered and did not mention it? Andrea did not reply. Jean, who wished to make a friend of her, came to her aid, saying, "'I also saw, madame, saw that Monsieur de Charny had difficulty in standing up while your majesty spoke to him.' "'Monsieur,' said the queen again to Monsieur de Crosny, "'with whom and why did Monsieur de Charny fight?' "'With a gentleman who—' but really madame it is useless now the two adversaries are friends again for they spoke just now in your majesty's presence in my presence yes madame um the conqueror left about twenty minutes ago monsieur de tavernay cried the queen my brother murmured andrea i believe said monsieur de crosny that it was he with whom monsieur de charny fought the queen made an angry gesture it is not right she said these are american manners brought to versailles it is not because one has fought under monsieur lafayette and washington that my court should be disgraced by such proceedings andrea did you know your brother had fought not till this moment madame why did he fight if my brother fought said andrea it was in your majesty's service that is to say that monsieur de charny fought against me your majesty i only spoke of my brother and of no one else the queen tried hard to remain calm she walked once or twice up and down the room and then said monsieur de crosny you have convinced me I was much disturbed by these rumors and accusations. Your police is efficient, but I beg you not to forget to investigate this resemblance of which I have spoken. 
adieu and she held out her hand to him with her own peculiar grace andrea made a movement to depart the queen gave her a careless adieu jeanne also prepared to leave when madame de misery entered madame said she to the queen did your majesty appoint this hour to receive messieurs burma and bossange oh yes it is true let them come in remain a little longer madame de lamotte i want the king to make a full peace with you perhaps she wished to pique andrea by this favor to a newcomer but andrea did not seem to heed all these taverners are made of iron thought the queen ha gentlemen what do you bring me now you know i have no money end of chapter thirty eight recording by john van stan savannah georgia